the Four Horsemen. What you have here is the Four Horsemen, united, live, and exciting color. Um, not those Four Horsemen. These Four Horsemen discuss theology from different viewpoints, different perspectives, as we show people how to have discussions without turning into a keyboard warrior. Are you stupid? Now, here's Dennis Thurman, Adam Black, Benjamin Kerfman, and Derek McCarson, the Four Horsemen. We welcome you to another exciting podcast of the Four Horsemen, and we have a special guest this evening with us, Mr. Lonnie Ray. Lonnie is the executive pastor of Brookstone Church, where God is blessing and working in powerful ways. And so, Lonnie, take a moment, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate uh, the invite to be here. Um, I am um, Lonnie Ray. Uh, I have um, been on staff at uh, Brookstone now for at 17 years as the executive pastor and also um, had launched out about six years ago um, doing Reveal, which is a church consulting um, ministry. Um, actually, I was doing that prior to that, but that's when I got my certification. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so, so, so after the certification, now it's all legal. Before that, there it was you illegal. Yeah. You're official. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, that's one of the things that I wanted us to discuss on this podcast. That's really how I met you and got to know you is through a church consultation that you Correct. did uh, for us. So how did you get into that? How did Reveal become part of your ministry? Yeah, well, it really just bore out of the heart of what I was already doing with Brookstone. And so... Um, the the role that I played there was just very natural. And so when churches would come asking questions, it just gave opportunity to go to them and begin kind of building those relationships and helping them with workshops, um, just advice, different things like that. And then eventually it just, it just made sense to, to, to step out. But now we would typically think about in a revitalization about a church, perhaps it's dying or you know, almost uh, extinct and, and in that kind of low spiritual ebb. And, and Brookstone's been a strong church. So so how were you working in ways that, that were, quote, revitalizing there? Yeah. Well, see, I think that's kind of part where the, the idea or the definition of revitalization, um, I would say, is um, always in process. You're always in the process of revitalization. You're, you're, you don't, revitalization isn't about a dead church only. It's about every church and wherever they are. So every year we do an assessment of ourselves. Every year we go away on a retreat and we, and we take that assessment. We begin building a strategic plan around the assessment. So that's still part of staying, staying on track as a ministry. Right. Staying vital. And so that's an right. ongoing process. Right. So you're just revitalizing over and over again. So uh, kind of expand on that. And these other guys may want to jump in and, and talk to you about their situations or questions they have. And, and certainly the uh, other horsemen are are, will, are uh, invited to do that. But um, tell me a little bit about the value that a, a church can see in going through a church consultation process. What, what's the 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 key thing that uh, can happen in a church if they get into that. Yeah. Well, I would say at the top of the list is going to be getting back on mission, seeing the mission uh, that God has called that church to. 
it's real easy to get busy. It's real easy to go 10 different directions. And so you can go five, 10 years. It'd be a, a, an incredibly busy church, but not a productive church. And so, um, so I would say the first value is kind of moving back to mission, everybody kind of aligning back to that mission vision. And, um, and really that's, I think that's where the life is. And then flowing out of that, um, is the alignment of all the ministries. And so be, everybody begins to see the same thing. They're working towards the same thing. And there's a real sense of unity, um, as a church begins to gather around that. Well, and I know I think in our situation here at Pole Creek and you being involved with us, that that's one of the things that was happening. I mean, we were doing a lot of good stuff, but uh, but maybe not really getting anywhere, not being as effective as we as we could be. And uh, and, and some, you know, uh, squabbling out there on the periphery because everyone has their own agenda, their idea sure. of how things ought, ought to work. So as you came here and, and worked with us, and I know it's been a little while back, uh, what, what were some of the of the things that just kind of jumped out? You thought, well, here here's some areas where that we need to address. Yeah, um, it, I don't really remember the exact details because it's been a number of years since we've had those conversations. But I, I, I if I remember, um, we really kind of gathered around the whole idea of reestablishing the mission vision conversation. And um, uh, there was a lot of busy people, a lot of volunteers that were sort of frustrated and tired. Mm -hmm. And so it was uh, about really kind of regathering them. There was also a discussion about sort of the leadership um, alignment and, and how the leadership worked in the church and a need to kind of realign leadership as well. Right. Well, and, and one of the things that, that was huge, I know you came and some other folks kind of, uh, of your mystery shopper. Yeah, uh, kind of, of, of folks. And, uh, you know, that was an eye opener uh, because we would have thought that we were very friendly. And uh, the fact is that you found us not quite so much. And so we began to address some of those things Im immediately you know, mm -hmm. to, to make people who were coming, our guests, to really feel special and that they were wanted and uh, you know, just go the extra mile for that. Yeah. And, and I, how is it a church begins to lose that, you know, and, and they see themselves as being friendly, yeah. but, they're, but they're really not. Yeah. Well, when we when I came here with the team and we came in on Sunday morning, literally from standing on the outside looking in, it looked like a family that anybody would want to be a part of. So it, it was it was a very friendly place if you were here already. Right. But if you weren't, then you were suspect. In fact, a couple of guys didn't know that I was here with Reveal, and their security team was like, "Watch that guy," you know. <laughs> so I was on the I was on the on the on the watch list that morning. <laughs> well, and, and and of course, this is just audio only. If people could see you, they would kind of know why. <laughs> 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 the, the face tattoos weren't a giveaway. Right? <laughs> but but we were prepared if you were a terrorist. Yeah, you sure were. You sure were. <laughs> but but do you find that in other churches that that's a real issue? It is a real issue, and and it's a natural progress. And it, what happens is the the church begins to sort of build this unity and this family feel, and then they the value system they create, the culture they create is a culture that's more driven by the family values and not so much about the need to go beyond the church, but what do we need to do to keep everybody kind of um, minister to, happy, whatever, inside the church. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So that's a natural thing. Right, right. 
So one of you guys have a, have a question or, or something for, I, cause I got a bunch, but well, for me, for me, I mean, I'm, we're in the midst of revitalization at our church completely. And, and what you said about rallying around the mission, um, and the vision is something that I've for the last two years, just hammered. Here's our vision. Here's our mission. Here's why we do what we do and uh, so forth and so on. My question really is you, you talked about, uh, you guys kind of stepped back and you guys did an assessment. What did that look like for you guys from a, how did you assess what yeah. you were doing in, in that type of thing? Well, so because I'm on staff um, at Brookstone and I live inside the church, right. the assessments for us look a little different every single year. Now, when I go to a church as a consultant, the the assessment is uh, pretty standard. It's a, it's a starting place right. anyway. Um, so for us, it looks a little different. So, so in some years, we're really kind of focusing on staff and assessing kind of staff world. Sometimes we're, we're focusing on just ministry and effectiveness of ministry. Other times we're focusing on the overall picture of who we are, like a real full-fledged assessment that I would do for another church. So every year it looks a little different, but it's sort of based on where we find the weaknesses for where we are. And you find those weaknesses how? Just by your own... You see it? Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, part of that comes through keeping a a pulse on our monthly, quarterly kind of um, statistics, partly uh, looking at um, what are the results of outreach ministries or ministries themselves, where we stand with growth, um, just sort of keeping a pulse on a lot of different things. I got you. Yeah. And I know you did some, like some leadership interviews and other things uh, as well, talking to many of the key people and, and so forth, kind of get their flavor of, of what they saw and and, and so forth. Um, so just kind of walk us through the through the process, kind of following up on what Adam said. Okay. Uh, you gave us some components, kind of from start to finish, kind of how does this work? What's your template? Okay, so um, the there's three major pieces. So the first element is the data gathering. So that's where the assessment comes in. It, it's where meeting with uh, leadership or staff comes in. And so all those pieces or, you know, doing, um, uh, going to the church and actually doing an, an onsite visit um, at a worship service, that's data gathering. And so once all that data is pulled together, then I typically meet with the pastor and, and anybody else he wants, um, and and just ask the question, is the information I have correct? So I'll go through all the information, make sure that I'm not missing anything or that I haven't taken information wrongly. So because everything from that point forward is going to be interpreted. And so when I begin building this, which is the second piece, is the reporting. So when the reporting begins to happen, then, um, then it's it, it, it for me. It, there is some interpreting some of the pieces. So um, then I'll present that report back to the pastor and his team again, which will be the second big meeting for us together. And um, if there's anything in there that that they want to question or there's any issues there, that's where it would happen. And then the third piece is the actual reporting back to the church, and that would be in the form of a notebook with all the actual reporting pieces and meeting with the church and, 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 and reporting back to the church. However, the pastor wants me to do that. 
Well, that was one of the things that I appreciated very much about this. You, you weren't there to just tell me what I wanted to hear and if there were things that you felt like that uh, directions that we needed to adjust or whatever, even if it involved me, uh, you were willing to do that. But, but that was discussions we had in here behind closed doors. Right. Uh, publicly, you were going to be very uh, supportive and yet, uh, also, there's no way to fix something if you don't address what those issues are. And I think all of us have blind spots. I mean, sure. you know, we, we have strengths and we have weaknesses sure. that, that need to be addressed. And, and would you speak to this? Because Adam was talking about being, uh, you know, involved in revitalization. It's one thing for him to get up there and beat the drum about the mission. It's something else when someone from outside the congregation can deal with it. What's the right. benefit of bringing in an outside person to hit on some of those same themes? Well, so let me let me give to you, as part of that answer, um, two what I would consider fundamental values for me as a consultant coming in. Number one, the church, every church, is has its own unique God-designed fingerprint. And so no church is the same. You can't, you can't cookie cut uh, a, con- a consultation. So when I step into the scene, the first thing that begins to happen for me is one, I begin praying and asking God, sh- reveal to me what the church doesn't know. What, what do they need? What, what, how, how, give me the eyes, give me the ears to hear. And um, then I'll ask the church to also put a prayer team together, start praying with me. Um, so as the data collecting is actually happening, there is a there's a group of people in the church who are who are also partnering with me in that prayer piece. I've found that to be absolutely um, incredible. Where a conversation will happen, or or something will happen that brings about sort of a, a piece that I didn't wasn't expecting. Mm. So no consultation is ever the same, and there's no cookie cutter approach to it at all. The second piece that I value is the pastor. He is, to me, he is the number one person in the process of, of the consultation. I, I, I value him because I really believe that that's where the anointing is. And um, so for me to be blessed by the Lord, I have to, I have to serve his, his uh, servant. And so, um, so I want to earn his trust. And I want him to know that, that nothing will ever be said beyond our conversations, that he doesn't allow me. I'll never have, in fact, if I'm having a, compl- a consultation with a church and that church hasn't given me the pr- the the, um, um, the privilege to be able to share, you know, that I'm I'm consulting with them, then I will never con- uh, share even their name. But I never share with anybody else what I have done in the church. If they want to talk about it, that's their business. But I don't share that with anybody. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's their business. And so me as a consultant, I don't have the right to take that information anywhere else. They can, but I don't. Right. And for guys that are out there listening in, Lonnie, they they may think, well, yeah, Brookstone is very large, maybe even mega church uh, numbers that we're talking about. You, you're not trying to come in and say, this is how Brookstone does it. So this is how you have to do it if you want to be blessed of God. Yeah. So, you know, when I was doing the consult with you guys and in, in every church I've ever had to consult with, there's two really important things that I never bring to the table. I don't bring style uh, to the table because that's not part of what I believe needs to be talked about anyway, nor do I talk about um, the... Um, uh, the elements that are around um, the promotion of their ministry or 
or how, how they like, I don't talk about, you know, the, the, the elements of, of website and, and those kind of pieces. Cause again, I think there are deeper issues mm-hmm. and are those, are those important things? Yes. But, but, uh, I find that it's more important to get to those deeper things. So like with you guys in every church that I've, I've had opportunity to be with, what I'll do is we might find eight different pieces that need to be discussed, but I'll highlight the two to three really important ones on the front end. And then, um, and then I'll put together a six month coaching, um, uh, calendar and I'll come back every month and continue the conversation as much as you guys want to have that conversation. Um, so, so you never left uh, at the end of the consultation with, with just the information. I want to continue on that relationship and kind of work through that, that list. Mm-hmm. But, but, these, but I think a lot of times uh, we go to these seminars and, and we may hear this very successful pastor, someone address, you know, church life. And it's almost like they're saying, you know, this is how we do it. If you want to see progress, this is how you have to do it. Right. And and like you said, every church is different. different. Its community is different, and so you know God has us there for a reason. And uh, and so, would you say that regardless of the size of a church, that this process can be beneficial? Yes, yes. Um, it it's it's not about size at all. Um, again, every church is in process. Every single one of us, and so it's just like. You know, all of us physically need to go see a doctor and have a doctor, you know, make sure that we're on the healthy track, whatever. Much as I don't like to go see my doctor, I have to go every now and then. And so it's it's much like that. It's just somebody from the outside helping you see what you can't see because I think the statistic says that you be, you you will not see it after seven times or you won't hear it after seven times. So if there's a squeaky door, after you've heard that door seven times, you don't hear it anymore. Right. And so somebody coming in can kind of begin be, be those ears and those eyes for you. And it, it's not uncommon to come in through a consultation and for folks to say, yeah, but we already knew that. We, 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 we've talked about that in the past. Well, then my response is, why didn't you do anything about it? <laughs> right, you know. Right. And so, so now what I'm doing is I'm giving you the, um, the path to say, okay, now we need to bring that back up again. What kind of time? What, when you talk these calls, consultations, what's the time period? Um, so the what I try to do is the data collecting is takes about three weeks, if if the church is quick to get the information back to me, um, and then I take about another two weeks or three weeks depending on how the information is coming in, and and then I'll put all the reports back together, and then um, and then another two weeks after that is for the reporting piece. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's um, not just like a one week. Like. No, 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 no. It's, it, it's, 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 it's kind of a, it's a long process. And, um, I think with you guys, the notebook that I actually gave back to y'all was every bit of a hundred pages or more, mm-hmm. uh, in the report, wow, but, detailed. but here's a deal. Uh, it's, it's not my goal to deliver a notebook, right? You know, that's just something I, I hope that it never gets put on the shelf. So that's why I want to stay with you guys for six months and keep talking about it and say, how are you doing with this? And what was the conversation about that and whatever? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's it's a it's a pretty lengthy process. Right. So bottom line, what do you consider to be success like in, in going in and doing an evaluation and reporting back to the church? What 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 is a successful story of that look like? 
Yeah. And then also, I'm sure there's probably been some churches that didn't respond or there was uh, maybe a failure there. So lay, lay that out for us. What does a successful evaluation look like versus maybe one that was yeah. mediocre or not as less so, uh, successful? Yeah, so... Um, it's always it always brings a lot of joy when you come to the end of the consulting piece and you see the church rallying around the actual report and they see it and they go wow that that's it's right on it's exactly what we needed to hear um it's 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 um it's it's true then you begin watching the 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 leadership the pastor begin to rally around all those elements and begin making changes begin seeing some traction, begin uniting the church around the, the, the vision and the mission of the church. Ultimately, you begin seeing results. Um, and the results are the church is growing, uh, volunteers are excited, uh, folks are getting saved in the community, outreach events are beginning to happen more often than they had. Um, there's a church up in the Burnsville area, and the guy who was serving as their, as their interim pastor um, when I did the consultation with those guys, um, came back a year later and he said, I need to come and talk with you. And I want to bring my deacon board with me because we want to talk to you a little more. Well, I really didn't know what the conversation was going to be like. So we, I sat around a table just like this. And, um, he said, well, let me begin by telling you that we have doubled in size and we have a new pastor on staff now. And it all came out of the consultation. And I, I, I just sit there with tears in my eyes thinking, wow, that's, this is incredible that the church rallied around the idea that you're not here just for yourself. You're here for the community. And, and they did. They began to rally around that. Right. So, it, so the, the, the celebration points really are a lot of different things, but alignment, unity, soul saved, church getting traction, church on mission, those, those would be some of the pieces. I'd say the unsuccessful would be, you know, we disagree with you. Yeah, I've never had that happen. Really? No, I, I have. I've never come to the end of a consultation where there was a disagreement with with any part of the consultation. Wow. Um, so, um, I, I, I mean, I, it, I don't want that to sound arrogant. It just I haven't. Because I know, I know, at our church there was a, and I'm not sure. I should ask before you. There was a church health assessment. Is that different than what you do? So the same, but different. Yeah. So the health assessment is involved in the assessment itself. So that's one piece. Because our church, I don't know how long ago it was. It was years ago. And it was a negative thing. They're like, they try to tell us how to run our church. That was the exact words. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) and and it was a notebook. It wasn't very thick, though. But everything that they had suggested was spot on. I mean, it was like, uh, right. duh, but it was like, they ain't telling me how to run my church, you know, and that was the problem, my church. So, so, so here's what I do with that. So that's a great example. So the health assessment comes back and this is the church. Um, we give them the ability to, um, to fill out a questionnaire and all that information comes back. So this is the church talking, right? And so what I say is this, that the assessment itself is, um, kind of put it in context. So it's, it, what they're saying is true to them, but it may not necessarily be true all the way across the board, but it is true to them. It's what they perceive to be, you know, what's happening in the church. So the leadership needs to look at that and not base all their decisions or the, 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 the reporting uh, for the church um, vision and mission and where they're going as a church 
on that only because that's only a piece. Gotcha. So there's there's three big pieces. There's the there's the leadership piece, there's the congregational piece, and there's a consultant piece. All those three have to come together and and they all have to be measured and weighed out and balanced. Right. One is not more important than the other. Right. Yeah, they're they're they all have to work together. Gotcha. But what we saw, I think, was some of those aha moments where people sitting there were just not really aware. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just like they're content, they're happy, this is a good church. And then certain matters would be brought up and they would stop and think about it and they would hear others asking the question. And so so it really came bubbling up from from inside the congregation as you were yeah. kind of stirring the pot, Yeah, you know. For that to happen. Well, when we had the leadership meeting with your team at the very end, that was a that was a celebration moment. That was when the leaders were able. I mean, I when I stood there to give the report, you know, it's very intimidating to sit in front of eighty people and go, "Here's what the report says," you know. And then one by one, folks would raise their hand and and give some feedback. And the result was, "Hey, we are on board. We've got to make some changes. We can't stay in this track." Mm-hmm. And so that's that's a celebration. Absolutely. Well, we know it's very practical. Is it biblical? Mm-hmm. This process, question. yeah. So it is a biblical um, thing because when you go to Revelation two, Revelation three, Jesus um, gives assessment of seven churches. Uh, the assessments are a little different, and so, but but in general, he gives. Um, this is what I'm concerned about. This is what I'm I'm happy about, and here's the changes you need to make. Now, that's not true for every seven church, but. Generally, that's what what happens. So, so that's where reveal got its name from the Revelation two uh, and Revelation three assessment of the seven churches. So Jesus said, "I'm going to give you some good news. I'm going to give you some bad news, and I'm going to give you some things to help you." Um, and so, in the process of doing reveal uh, uh, consult, um, I always look for the good news because there is good news in right. every church. There's good news. There's good things that are going on, and they need to be celebrated. So where, so where would a church start? Let, let's suppose that one of these gentlemen in here, somebody's listening to us, says, well, that sounds like something I need to get involved with. What, what would, where would they begin with that? If they want me to come in and do a consult? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it would begin just with a, uh, a conversation. Um, and the conversation pretty much sounds just like this conversation around this table right now, asking kind of the same questions you all are asking. Um, and... Part of that is getting a feel for what is what's the process, what's the timing of it, um, and um, and 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 where who who have you consulted? Can we do you have some some folks that we can talk to? And so I'll I'll, I'll give those out as well. So um, and then the next step is they they generally want to think about it, pray about it, and bring another meeting with some other leaders in, and. Um, and, and let them hear the same questions and the same responses again, which is perfectly fine. Um, it's just part of, of you know, that's the way churches work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, when a church re- originally contacts me, I, I know it's going to take weeks and maybe even months before we even get around to the consultation. But that's how we work. Right. And so it's okay. And, and so I hope you're going to be okay for us to post your info uh, as we put send out the podcast and let where folks can get in touch with you and that sort of thing. And so uh, just uh, how, how do people reach you? So I have a website. Um, It's reveal MC, 
Reveal Ministry Consulting, MC.com. Um, so you can go there and there's a contact section there where you can contact me and, and I'll get an email and I'll uh, get back in touch with you from that. Okay. How many consults have you done? Um, since I have been certified, I'd say 12. And prior to that, probably another 12. Okay. Yeah. And are you in process with some right now? Yes. So about how soon would you be able to take on another? I, I'm I'm on the tail end of one right now mm-hmm. and um, getting ready to start the process with another one. But I can do three consults at one time. Okay. All right. Good. So so I'm hearing this, right? So I'm in a, I'm in a church. Our average Sunday morning attendance is between like 80 and 100. Okay. And I'm thinking, you know, there's a guy listening to this right now that's saying, I need this in my church. This will help us have clarity on what direction the church needs to go in but there's no way that my church could afford something like this. Yeah. There's there's somebody listening to this that they're like I'm not even going to go to the website. I'm not even going to tempt <laughs> myself because they want they want something like this, but it doesn't seem accessible to them. So what would you right. say to that guy? Well, I would say to him I can't speak for any other consultant other than myself. Um and so um there is no church that cannot afford me. There it just is it doesn't exist. I will do whatever it takes to get in there and help that church. Money will never be an issue. I do charge. I always charge. And the only reason why I charge ultimately is not because I want the money or need the money. It's because the church has to have skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I have a sliding scale that I work off of. Um, so um, so I, I use that generally. But, uh, but I have no overhead, so I don't really have demands financially. So there isn't a church that cannot afford me. So if you're that guy listening to that, you have no excuses. We're going to put the information up in the podcast, and uh, you need to look that up. And if your church is at a place like most churches are where you can benefit from this, you need to reach out and uh, take advantage of this resource, especially if you're in western North Carolina, which most of our our, uh, listeners are, because this is a a local uh, ministry that's going to be able to help your church. Yeah, and let me just add another piece. So we're in the process of offering a brand new piece and it's called uh, partners in renewal so if there's a church out there that's saying you know we're struggling we, we just don't have traction and and we can't seem to agree with even putting even a little bit of money towards this if, if that is a church that's out there then we're willing to step in and and create this um, one-year partnership with the church they'll get everything that i've just told you guys will happen in a, re- a regular consult except for I will walk with that church for a year. It will cost them nothing. If we come to the end of that year and that church is saying, okay, so we've been through this process, we're trying, we're not just not getting traction, then what we'd say is we would just like to have the conversation with you guys about um, sort of a rebirth there in, 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 through your ministry. And we're only asking for the conversation, that's all. Um, but we would prefer to see them get traction, get back on board see their church beginning to go, you know, um, getting the things that they were, the past now is like coming alive again. And so that's a win for everybody. Um, but the goal is that no church ever closes their doors again. Amen. So I want to thank Lonnie for coming in and sharing with us and for you tuning in. And just remember that uh, Jesus loves the church. He bled and died to purchase the church. And so uh, he has uh, a great interest in what's happening in your local congregation. 
And just know that we'll pray with you if we can do anything for you. That's why this podcast exists. So God bless. You can continue the conversation online by visiting us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the number four horsemen. Don't forget to tell your friends and enemies about the podcast and be sure to subscribe and review. They look at me funny when I talk like I got a speech impediment. Homie, check my passport. Heaven, I'm a resident. Like a conscious rapper, but do more than bash the president. I see brothers coughing, so I hit them with the medicine. On the other side, they say their grass is greener. Seen the forecast, man, they calling for Katrina.